I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Bro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast this is the wrestling wrestling podcast yeah buddy Stancy Raf Camus and Chino Liao here at Podcast Network Asia Stancy back for the first episode of 2020 yeah the first episode of the decade your first episode of the decade my well, first episode well, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so um, I'm not sure if you guys uh, touched on it but I was out last time because I had too much chemistry over the holidays na sobrahan kaysa Shopao. It's another it's another tainted Shopao incident. You never learn, do you? Yeah. From uh, too much food. Outs. Too much food. I was uh, I was I was um, feeling really nauseous and dizzy on the evening of New Year's Day, which was like really rotten. Because it's literally the last holiday or the last of the holidays. Last of the holidays. Sama pa ng timpla mo, di ba? So yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm just glad that I'm here. I'm glad. I'm glad that, that yeah. you're alive and you made it to 2020. All right. Uh, but somebody else isn't. So. Yeah. Uh, Ro isn't here because he's dealing with a very bad migraine right now. Uh, so um, we Welcome hope you'll be ready week, for our buddies. next episode. Yeah. No, so next week si Camus wala the week after ako so shifting tayo ganun. shifting tayo rotating <laughs> Hindi, but at the end of the day naman it's just the holidays are exhausting yeah like, they are you they have are. to you ha- we just we just have to tell it na we're recording on a Tuesday the first Tuesday working Tuesday of the year and oh my god traffic is bad fuck yeah uh, it's already uh, really horrible um uh. It, it, it took me. us forever in a day to get here and it, it was really bad. Um, so if, if you want to um, do us a solid and make us feel better, uh, make Ro feel better because he's sick, make us feel better for being stuck in traffic, do us a solid and download PayMaya and sign up using our code WrestlePayMaya. Again, that is W-R-E-S-T-L-E PayMaya. Use that code. You get 50 pesos. We get 50 pesos. Everybody happy. And if you listen to us in traffic, that makes a big deal too because PayMaya helps you transact and listen to this podcast. You can do both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. When you're stuck in Philippine traffic. Yep. Because, so, yeah, it's terrible. It's keep absolutely in terrible, guys. Keep it in mind, it is Wrestle Pay Maya. All right. Uh, so, it's a very special episode of the podcast because we've got a longtime friend of the podcast returning for the first time since 2015. Ryan Songalia, former Rappler sports editor and uh, Ring Magazine writer. 
I think he's also the editor now of the website. Uh, as he's he one of the editors. As he mentions in the yes. interview, he'll be joining us in just a bit and we'll be shooting the breeze talking about a lot of things from uh, how he uh, became pals with Enzo Amore to him and I hanging out in Brooklyn and getting drunk at like 5.30 p.m. Uh, to him um, having uh, had the, what, the initiative to start that wrestling column on Rappler, which Ro wrote uh, to he him. He did? Yes, yes. Camus. Camus, you know this. I of course I knew this. But, but I then it's just I just found that out today. So, but you know this. No, I, I always knew this. But then it's just we're divulging it that fast. Okay, no, no, well. he he already. Um, it was me, Austin himself, uh, years ago. Yeah, well. Yeah, but so you know, yeah, we it, have a lot to talk about with, with uh, Ryan, which is uh, a whole lot of fun, and we'll get to that in a bit. But right now, we uh, we we can't bury the lead any further. We have to talk about Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, that two night special, and the two biggest things that came out of that. Number one. Tetsuya Naito is your double gold champion, Tamaba. Yes, double gold. Double gold. Double yeah, gold. he is Mr. Double Gold. Uh, he's got the Heavy Q and the Intercontinental Championships. Uh, that's number one. And number two, the great Jushin Thunder Liger has officially hung up his boots. Yeah. Well, okay. When you when you think about Wrestle Kingdom weekend, it's never just one night. You know, it's always one night plus New Year's Dash. Right. This year we had two nights and then New Year's Dash. So it's more than three nights. It's three. It's three full nights of NJ level cards at their absolute peak. So, yeah. What, um, uh, Chino and I we only got to watch day two. I I've seen I've seen ninety percent of day one. Day two we've we watched we watched that together. Together, yeah. Which the viewing was party. Great. Hey, and shout then, out to everybody who was yeah. there at the viewing party uh, over the weekend. You guys came out and um you you joined us. You made a community out of the skinny mics crowd, and that is something we're going to be grateful for. We are always grateful for that, and you know we look forward to seeing you guys once again when we do this. Very, very, very soon. Yeah, January 27 at the Royal Rumble viewing party at Skinny Mike's. We're there as early as 5 a.m. The day after PWR Mabuhay Ang Wrestling. I'll be there for both those things. So uh, Wait, you're, you're, you're sure? Yeah, for sure. You're absolutely I sure. Am, I'm Riding it and stuff. This may sell ng PWR 6 p.m. Diba? So technically yeah. you can have dinner, you can go home, get some sleep, and then make it a skinny yeah. mics the next day. I was gonna say, do you need somewhere to sleep over? <laughs> you are you gonna let me sleep over at your place? I don't have a double bed, but <laughs> I, I have a nice single that you will spill over on. I feel I yeah, okay. L- let's discuss this afterward. Yeah. Like well, when, when but, the mics are off. But okay, let's, let's go back, let's to, go Wrestle back to Wrestle Kingdom, Kingdom. and and how um, you know uh, so many things happened. Not the least of which was uh, let's let's talk about Naito. Naito okay. being uh, the the double gold champion. What does this mean for the man himself and for uh, the Japanese wrestling landscape? Okay, so let me just. I will be brief. I will be brief. Naito has been on a long, long, long arc. That finally sees him crowned in glory in the, what, how many days ago? Two days ago now. So that's the first time ever that he has achieved his goals. Because for the longest time, he has been the big, in the big matches. The first time around, he didn't deserve it. The second time around, he lost. And then now you get to the point where the fans ab- uh, adore him. Adore him. Not just love him. He is adored in in NJ circles and has been the basically the prince that was promised. Yeah, Lij wasn't necessarily a face stable when they started out. No, they, they were, were not. No, they were, they were not. They were despised. They were despised, <laughs> but they moved the most merch. Yeah, right, exactly. So I think this comes as a realization by uh, NJPW 
management to in crowding Naito. They call they came to the realization that maybe this is the guy now. This is the changing of the guards. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not so much a changing of the guard there because Naito has always been in the picture. He there's no torch that has to be passed. There's more like is it his time now? Because he is contemporaries with these guys that we revere, like in Okada and, well, to a lesser extent, the other guys that are that age. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you're going to make a WWE comparison, I think it would be apt to say, uh, compare like the big four of New Japan to say the four horsewomen in WWE. In the sense that for so many, uh, for, for a good long while, Becky Lynch was kind of ignored and then she finally got her moment to shine and stand tall at WrestleMania 35. That's actually a very apt comp. If you're going to look at it, kasi, but with a lot more feelings. Kasi, I guess because Naito took so much longer. Not just it took so much longer. He faced so many more setbacks, so many more big losses. Being in the position, like imagine the push that Becky Lynch got for, um, what's this called? Down in NXT. That was very organic build, organically build. All right. When you get to Naito, none of it started organically. Eh? He was one of these, he is the promised one. He is the stardust genius that people see and should accept as white meat babyface. On the level that I would say they tried to make Batista work. On that sort of scale, at the very start of Batista's career. Yeah, but what, it, what does it mean for Japanese wrestling to have one guy hold the top two titles? And like the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan is not on the same level as the one that Shinsuke Nakamura oh, holds in WWE. Definitely. No, no, no. It's, so yeah, it's, what does it's it mean true. that there's this one guy who's got the two top belts? It's unprecedented because what you have now is an environment where... We don't. There, there's more uncertainty than there has been at any point in NJPW title history because what you have now is one guy put in the position the way that we've seen it in WWE play out now with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins in the recent past. Now, this guy is going to have to work doubly hard to defend each belt. But in the case of Tetsuya Naito, what it looks like they're going to do is have him defend both belts sim simultaneously across a certain stretch of this year. I think it's interesting the way that Wrestle Kingdom ended, especially on day two. So Naito oh, beats Okada finally after shit. that crazy-ass sequence, and then he becomes double champion. Uh, and as yeah. he's cutting that uh, customary promo by the victor of the main event, in comes Kenta and bum-rushes Naito and then sits on him, Shibata-style, raising both championships, clearly signaling that he's the next in line to challenge Naito. But the problem was that they already set precedent that the loser, the loser's bracket, basically. Of the winner this, of the loser's bracket. Winner of the loser's that bracket. That being Jay White. That being Jay White was going to get first dibs. Right. So, so both of them share a faction. Yeah, there's, there's that conundrum, right? Because Jay is White that. is the Bullet Club leader. Then you've got Kenta, who is their high-profile uh, free agent pickup. Well, that, let me put it this way. You, you asked about what this means for the title. That means that booking options-wise, Gado has so much more to play with in terms of stories he can tell. Yeah, because he's got two guys going after the double champion. You can have both guys challenge for both belts or one guy challenge for the Each intercontinental the belt and one guy challenge for the much, heavy queue. But that much hasn't been made evident yet. But what it's looking like is that we're going to get a lot of tension down the road that plays in with those dynamics if they decide to go that route. But if they keep it as a more prestigious style, the way that I would say, um, who the fuck was defending it? Um, the undisputed title that Jericho won that eventually Triple H had the both. Yeah, that was Stone Cold and The Rock. Stone Cold, The Rock. Stone Cold, The Rock, Jericho and Triple H era, that 
that type of stuff go down. Uh, if you beat the one guy, you get both belts. I have a feeling that's the initial route that they're going to go. See, um, the way I looked at that ending was it, it was really old school the way that they did it. Because um, they gave you the moment to celebrate the end of the chase where Naito finally raises his hands in glory and uh, he, he actually doesn't even get to raise both championships. This is the funny thing. Like, what a Becky Lynch shot where Becky had both belts say, in her hands. Well, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Bryan yeah, shot. Daniel it's Daniel more Bryan. Daniel Or the Daniel Bryan shot. shot. Yeah. Naito didn't get this. And like, uh, I, I think he was just about to like end the promo and he was going to pick up the belt and then Kenta attacks him, right? And it was such a good move in the sense that yeah, you gave something to the crowd, enjoy the baby face moment and then you snatch it away agad-agad which makes Kenta such a bigger heel because he didn't even let Naito get to celebrate I mean going into the night Kenta was already a big heel when he was facing um, Goto for the he was he was undesirable yeah he was just hated in but, that match but he was so okay. he was so good it, it, okay let me put this into perspective now that that speech is sacred you were waiting for the confetti to hit diba there's always that imagery in New Japan that when you win something big, G1, um, main event, main, like that, that moment, like that moment that Okada has had so many times at the Tokyo Dome, there will always be confetti. There will always be that beautiful shot of things falling down. For Kenta to disrupt that, for the guy that people have been clamoring for for the better part of three years to win it all. And is, not get that. And not get that moment is tantamount to being like the biggest fuck you that you could have given for a guy who has actually earned it in the fans' eyes. Yeah, Kenta has always been proven to be this great disruptor, especially since he wasn't really an original NJPW guy. He was he, he was a, in Noah. Yeah, he was in Noah. He was in he was, was he all in over. AJ, right? he I was, think he was at some point. Yeah, but right? he, was, he was all over except NJPW, and then he had to take the soldier to uh, the WWE, WWE NXT. Right, and it was part of his storyline when he came back to NJPW when he realized that he needed to be this great. Disruptor in the flow of the of the talent, where, where where now we see him just be the biggest heel against the biggest face in Naito. Yeah, um, funny that you mentioned biggest face because I was entering uh, the the Wrestle Kingdom viewing parties asking questions like, "Oh, sino face ngayon? Sino heel ngayon?" Diba? Like uh, I remember yeah, asking dude, this question during yeah, yeah during ZSJ versus Sonata, uh, which I enjoyed very much. Um, so so going into Okada Naito, sino babyface, sino heel, but and, and then you guys just said they just are, which has been the answer I've been getting about New Japan top characters since like Nakamura was there. But because because it's gotten to the point that booking wise, if you want to delineate how these guys move, like if you want to break it down to how these guys move, how these guys work, you cannot clearly say that any of those top four guys outside of Jay White right now are clearly defined as either because they switch around, they show shades of gray so often that even Okada, who is top guy, basically, what? I, I, I would put him on the level of Daniel Bryan. No, um, the way I see it, uh, and and this is me as a casual talking mm-hmm. here. Um, when when you guys said that they just are after what uh, happened with Kenta uh, disrupting the celebration, I think Naito is a fully fledged babyface. Like oh, you, no, you can't deny that he has basically become their top babyface after that because like everybody had already been rooting for him and everybody was invested in his success, and then for him to get that moment and then to get that celebration just yanked away from him, that that's uh, that's that's babyface level sympathy right there. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's a question of uh I don't think there's a question of 
Naito being the top baby face in this moment, especially after the attack by Kenta. Right. So uh, you have that. Uh, you have the uh, the the that um, layer right going into Naito. But uh, just to wrap up the point, Camus. Yeah. Just to wrap this up before we talk about Liger. No, I was asking if you had something else to no, add. At the end of the day, kasi, what Naito has to offer is a fresh champion, a guy who hasn't been given the opportunity to run with it, but who is accepted by the fans and who can carry the company for a stretch. All right. Now, let's talk about Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, who retired over the weekend, and he was given this uh, this oh, retirement ceremony shit. at New Year Dash. Really, oh, really God. emotional ceremony. You had uh, guys like Tanahashi just crying in Tanahashi the audience. Tanahashi bawled his eyes out, and you, you, had, um, you had Okada freaking crying as well. Just baby tears. But then when Tana broke, I broke. And it's just it gets to the point, said that you have to understand that Liger is... Always puts himself last yeah. in things. Even in the match that he had during day two, where he lost to Hiromu and Dragon Lee, who ironically were in the same tag team, because Dragon Lee was the guy who injured him. Right? Yeah. But then, even in this matchup, where he decided to put the talent over, just shows to you what kind of a class act Jushin Thunder Liger is. And you know, um, so much has been said about uh, Liger's influence on the industry, how he revolutionized the junior heavyweight style and innovated stuff that we continue to see today, like the Shooting Star Press, among other other things, among right? Other things. Um, you know, Liger, Liger was an, bomb. The, yeah, the Liger bomb. Um, he, he's an absolute game changer. Uh, yeah, you and know. and it's th- there are so many other small things that he will continue to do. Yeah, that, exactly. Okay, go ahead. That 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 will like he he's only retiring as an in ring performer. He's still, to my knowledge, keeping up with the the dojo. He's still going to be running the Japan dojo. He's still going to be doing commentary. He's still going to be involved with the product, just not in an in-ring capacity anymore. Yeah. No, Jushin Thunder Liger as a game changer in modern day wrestling is unparalleled. I mean, he his look alone is just one of a kind. It's it's immortal. It's and it's and immortal and iconic. The style that he brings to the ring, it'll be something that people reference many many years to come. And like uh, w- what's also amazing is how he was uh, such a babyface. Like he wasn't necessarily a career babyface, but if you look at the uh, the career arc, a, a good chunk of it was with him as a hero. And he gave generations of wrestling fans somebody to look up to. And he inspired so many. He blazed so many trails from uh, from guys like TJP to guys like Daniel Bryan, uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. A lot of these cruiserweights that we enjoy today. Are very much influenced by Jushin Thunder Liger, and it's as, as somebody who just really grew up on WWE, I kind of feel cheated. Nah, the only WWE exposure he really had was that match with Tyler Breeze at Takeover. But I, that's not that's not his fault. I mean, of course it's not. I remember Liger from his early days in WCW when he was when the cruiser. With, well, yeah. What's his name? Um, oh no. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I might be. We might be mistaken here, but I remember him seeing him uh, in the very early beginnings of the cruiserweight division in WCW, seeing him run around with guys like Juventud Guerrero and uh, very, a very early Rey Mysterio, a setting, very young Rey Mysterio, setting the precedent of what the cruiserweight division has been known for. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, um, over 30 years in the business, uh, so many championships all around the world, so many territories and countries and so companies that he worked for. And so, so much, much influence. influence. That's the thing. Yeah. Because 
when you mentioned it that he did that one show for NXT, that was really just because at that point uh, people were thinking, what is there left for him to do? Na, right. That's where he reached in his arc. I think there was enough of enough goodwill at the time between NJPW and WWE to be like, hey, you know what? You want to do one show? Come over. And, uh, you know, they even sent flowers. Like, uh, that's part of Japanese tradition to yes. show appreciation for a legend that's retiring by giving them bouquets of flowers. And th- there was actually... Any momentous occasion, really. Yeah, there was actually a bouquet that came from NXT, WWE, and Kushida. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for wrestling, but it is not the end of Jushin Thunder Liger. It is just the retirement of the character himself. Yeah, so congratulations on a momentous run for Jushin Thunder Liger and to Tetsuya Naito for finally winning the big ones at Wrestle Kingdom 14 over the weekend. And if you want to freak out, there's more that I'll talk about at the end of the show just because there's so much fucking good wrestling from Wrestle Kingdom. Don't skip. If you have the time, go watch both nights. Catch New Year's Dash after after you've given it a break because... That's what that, it's. It's like those two nights are one WrestleMania. <laughs> right. So uh, there you have it. That's uh, that that that's uh, our our Wrestle Kingdom um, you know, pit stop, I guess, before we get to our interview. But before uh, before Ryan Songalia comes on board, we also have to talk about one thing relating to WWE, and that is the Brock Lesnar appearance. Ah, Brock Buck. So yeah, so we're recording this hours after Monday Night Raw had aired, and the biggest story coming out of that is Brock Lesnar coming in. And through Paul Heyman, he declared his intention to join the Royal Rumble match and to come in at number one. Now, he's not defending the championship and he's not, uh, or like the, the, the stakes aren't exactly laid out. Yung story lang is if you want to have a shot at Brock Lesnar, you're going to have to go through the Rumble. Yeah, go through the Royal Rumbles. So I don't know where this is going to lead. I, I, I'm not exactly a fan of how this is going just because I want the champion to defend his title or if the champion's going to be in the Rumble just like what uh, Triple H did to Roman Reigns in 2016, Put the it on title the line. better be on the line. Yeah. Gina, how do you feel about this? No, it's, it, it's incredibly confusing because we don't know where this goes yet. But however, we can't really say for sure since we have a few more weeks now Till the Royal Rumble, like two more weeks, to three more three, weeks, three, three more, more weeks. weeks. See, that's enough. I think that's enough of uh, enough of a time for WWE to clear things out. I think it's still too early into this inception of Brock Lesnar to judge the storyline completely. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and try to see where this goes. So I I just because think at, it, yeah sorry. because yeah, sorry yeah. because at least we get to see Brock Lesnar the champion in a WWE ring which is what champions are supposed to do anyway yeah and you know it's not every year that you get Brock Lesnar in the Rumble I think it's, we've only really ever had it like twice yes, or exactly. thrice in his career I was gonna say in this stage of his career we haven't had it at all no matter na twenty sixteen. We when it was for the championship when ah, it yeah, was yeah, one yeah, versus yeah. all one versus so all I remember yeah Brock was there so who uh, eliminated him uh, was that str- was that the year that Strowman eliminated no, him no 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 I think it was like Goldberg or something oh yeah fuck I remember that or, shit no, no Goldberg came back late 2016 you don't know what happened but Brock Lesnar was in the win. Rumble yeah shenanigans happened if I'm not mistaken <laughs> shenanigans or the Undertaker oh, yeah, Taker. that was the Taker yeah, shenanigans shenanigans happened and Taker cost Brock Lesnar to be eliminated Right. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, um, if anything, uh, people like us, we've come to hate Brock even more after this. So I guess if the idea is to make him the biggest heel around by doing that, then what? Mission accomplished. Uh, WWE succeeding in trolling us once again? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I say we let this play out. Feel however you want to feel. But 
also let this play out. All right? All right. Time for us to get our interview with uh, Ring Magazine's Ryan Songalia. Lots of fun stories on on its way right now. It's been about five years since we had our last guest, and it's great to have him back here in the Philippines and back here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Please welcome back our guest from Ring Magazine and all the way back from the U.S., Mr. Ryan Songalia. Oh, thank you very much for having me back. It it's, has um, been a while. Where, where, first off, you have a soundboard there. Are there any applauses? There we go. Thank there you. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There you go. We're, we're still not used to all this technology. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm not used to the fanfare. I, mean, I get a little shy like that. Yeah, so Ryan's back uh, for, uh, after a very, very long hiatus from the Philippines, from Rappler, from just being around uh, the scene here. Um, for those of you that remember, this is the guy who was the sports editor of Rappler. He was also the guy who was the reason why there was a regular wrestling column on Rappler. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's ever been revealed who that is. Oh, was. he's unmasked. Yeah. Oh, he's been unmasked. Okay. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not it himself, but... Do you want to tell the story? Which one? No, no. How how that started? Oh, I I well I was the, I became the uh, sports editor of Rappler, and um, to entertain myself, I was like, I need wrestling content around me because if I'm going to read stories, it might as well be stories that are uh, interesting to me. So um, Michael Bueza knew, uh, you know, are the I can I can say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can, uh, you can. Uh, Romeo, and um, so uh, he's like the guy who's not here. The guy who's not way. here, unfortunately. Basically. I hope he the feels bas- better though. The bastard who's not here. Hey, hey, some people get sick. It's that time of year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Romeo. Um, he's like, yeah, I got this guy who's a wrestling columnist, and I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. I'd love to talk to him. And um, yeah, I was actually telling, uh, I was putting Romeo over uh, the other day, uh, saying that I really missed his columns because he really uh, he has a passion for wrestling and his writing, and he's a good writer as well. So uh, yeah, long live uh, Joe the Grappler. Yeah, Joe the Grappler Marsalis. Marsalis, yeah. yeah, that was a pseudonym he Fuck went with yeah. at the time, uh, and, and it was just WWE that he wrote about. He wrote about New Japan on Rappler. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember he had a really good story about Shibata right before he got hurt, and uh, and that was actually one of my favorite articles to edit. And um, and, and also, there's a lot of P- PWR stuff there uh, too, um, which was kind of funny because it was like kind of keeping kayfabe about things. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. And it, just being at Rappler. Um, uh, I, I saw from the start the PWR guys had something special there. Actually, you know, credit again to Boyza because he was another guy who um, was telling me, "Hey, you know, you need to check these guys out. They're going to do something." And um, uh, I, I really enjoyed covering the PWR shows. Uh, it's actually some of my favorite memories as a wrestling fan. I have been at PWR shows. Um, just the passion. Uh, I, I, I was telling um, the editor earlier that. Um, you know, it, it, what what makes PWR special really was the fans. Like, it, it's not like a boxing show where you know, guys will come to support their favorite boxers. Like, the PWR fans come out to literally every single show, and it's like they don't miss a show. They know all the characters, and they, 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 they go nuts for everything. So, um, yeah, the, being a Rappler, I, I got a lot of latitude to cover things that I really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, it was some of the best times of my life. Yeah, you were one of the OG fans. Like, you were there from the Makati Cinema Square days. Yeah, yeah. I was there from the first show, actually. First show, first show. And then I remember, like, later on, you just got... You, when you brought out Patrick, that shit, that shit... <laughs> you were really into it. That shit got in... Like, I mean, I... I've seen I've seen every kind of fan walk through <laughs> our doors, but Patrick fucking Taylor, bless uh, his soul, uh, bless love, his soul, Patrick. good man, good man, doing good work in the world. Yeah, he's he's doing God's work. He's <laughs> doing God's work, 
And it's just you two. It's like it's the sports editor of Rappler and this man who is helping the agricultural endeavors of the entire country. Yeah. And both of you fucking walk in like it's fucking NWO outsiders <laughs> with a fucking cooler full of beers in a time that we were like, we can bring beers oh, to Cinema wow. Square? Uh, I, I I was almost brown bagging it kind of. I was like, you know, I was looking around a little bit, make sure that, uh, oh my, is this cool? Am I, am I breaking laws here? But we had the Hawaiian shirts on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we're rolling in, like we, we got this cooler that had wheels on it. And um, I'm riding it like a little kid riding like one of those little um, toy cars that they have in the backyards. Um, yeah, I was I was hammered that night. And I remember... Um, Ken Warren, who was uh, my favorite wrestler in the Philippines from day one. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this, guy, this is my guy right here. Like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but that's the dude. And uh, he comes by and grabs our beer and like, starts chugging it mid-match. And <laughs> yeah, we, we were having a great time that night. Yeah, one of the few encounters I've had with you was when I see you during a show with your big Ken Warren signs. It's oh. giant, <laughs> giant poster boards full of Ken Warren hey, signs. Hey, Chino, you know what? If it got Ken Warren one step in the WWE door, it made all <laughs> yeah, the right? No, I mean, I'm not calling him out for it. I'm just, it's, it's just a memorable thing to see. It's like, there's this one solid Ken Warren fan. At a time, like a sea, at a, yeah. And I see if fans are army people. At the time when Ken Warren wasn't as beloved as he is today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, course. you know the thing, because he was a heel, right? Yeah, he was. He, he started was out trying. as a heel. He was trying. He was trying to be a heel. And the thing was is that um, I was going nuts for him like a face. But then if you look at it, really, like me cheering for him almost made him a heel. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I, we I, have the drunk American guy cheering yeah, for this guy. The exactly. two drunk American guys. We have two, two drunk Americans <laughs> who are really loud, just cheering, going nuts for Ken Warren. And uh, I could, I, I, I mean, he's our boy. At the same time, he's probably thinking, oh man, come on, I'm trying to get some booze here. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, you know, um, it, it it was really fun, like uh, trying to go back, right, to, like the OG days of PWR. But um, you you left Rappler what 2016, I think. Uh, 2018, beginning of oh. 2018, yeah. All right, uh, so you left Rappler 2018. Uh, you left the country as well at mm -hmm. the time. Um, like, um, can can you tell us like what what the story was there? Because like you just went off the radar, and then all of a sudden you were back in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, no, I just uh, I needed a break. Um, yeah, I've been running really hard. Uh, uh, writing, I you know that's the thing with me is that, like I I don't know how to give anything less than like 110 percent to the point of like being like obsessed with work, and I was just like you know what um I I want to go back. I hadn't seen my mom in a while. Uh, my mom now lives in Virginia, so um you know I literally I I flew back and I just stayed with my mom for a little bit, you know, because uh catch up with her, um you know hang out with my dad, my brothers out there, uh, you know I, I my I have a lot of cousins here in the Philippines, especially Leyte, you know shout out to Tanawan, but um you know my family really is back there and um i just wanted to change the pace for a bit but um yeah no i i i, I it took me a bit to kind of get my feet back underneath me but now i'm busy with school i'm at um cuny grad school and uh i'm doing a uh, ring magazine actually I, I expanded you know to now i'm the uh one of the uh editors of the website so Dang. yeah nice. no i've been doing a lot of stuff with that too and you're a dad. And I'm a dad, you're yes. A, that's, that's something that, you know, not not everyone who knows you as a human being sees. Because, mm. like, that that's life-changing, man. Like, you go, you choose grad school, sure. The Ring Magazine stuff, we see a lot of yeah, that. But then yeah. 
That's the biggest status update. You got you got a baby girl that is beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. You you you. two are doing a great job raising her. Yeah, no, you know, and I really have to give all the credit to my wife because she's really a superhero when it comes to Emma. Um, Emma's about to be nine months in a couple days, and um, yeah, no, it's uh, my my wife is really like a a rock star because when I'm at school, like she's taking care of her, and then like I come in at the end, you know what I mean? Like when everyone's starting to wind down, and and then (laughs) I'll be the one changing diapers and feed and things like that and then that five minutes of play time is just golden yeah yeah and, and, and until like you know she starts like ripping up my eyebrows and then <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, none of us are parents here just you right so like what's the biggest difference from uh not being a parent to being a parent it, it changes your life it really does there's no there's nothing that can prepare you not even like when i, I i've been an uncle so many times over and it was nothing you know compared to because when uh like my nephews and nieces would go nuts i would just give uh, the baby back to their dad like all right well you guys have fun i'm gonna go out and hang out uh now it's like no i'm this is uh now you're uh, stuck with it yeah <laughs> no emma is really the boss i call her uh boss baby emma because uh she really runs the show have you introduced introduced her to any wrestling yet? Or? Uh, you actually, I had a photo, and um, my I, I think it was X Pac who actually liked the photo. Wow! Uh, of me um, watching one of these uh, British pay per views on the network. Uh, it was one of the other one of the lesser known Bret Hart versus Undertaker matches, and uh, I, d- I just took a photo of her like watching uh, the network, and yeah, no, I because I, I, I'm always holding her, so you know, I'll have my other hand with like a phone. And like she'll kind of watch whatever I'm watching, so she she consumes a lot of wrestling content. Dang, I mean, like starting them young. <laughs> People commonly associate you with the boxing writing, right? Yeah, because yeah. of your work with Ring Magazine. But um, in the time since you've uh, left the Philippines and uh, since the Rappler column uh, on wrestling was discontinued, uh, which companies have you kept up with? Uh, I, I watch, you know, because here's the thing, at school, actually, believe it or not, there are some wrestling fans, so they keep, uh, like, I would have, like, Monday evening classes, and then afterwards, I would, uh, they would have WWE Raw on, like, you know, on TV, so I would watch Raw. Um, I, I, I used to catch a lot of the AEW stuff. Um, I haven't as much uh, since uh, the first few, like, weeks, um, because it's been so crazy with school, but... Um, yeah, sure. Uh, when I'm on the train, like going to school, when I should probably be studying for whatever quiz, <laughs> I'm like catching up with SmackDown or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, it's some some of it's kind of hard to follow around long because it, it gets convoluted after a while. But um, yeah, raw, raw, mostly raw, I would say, because of school. Have you been able to like catch the indie shows around the area? Because like New York is a hotbed for wrestling. You know what? Actually, um, I'll tell you what I watch. Um, I, I I saw the I was at the Super Show um, when you were in New York. Actually, stand uh, yeah yeah with a uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan and um, uh, the one at the Garden. Yeah, the yeah. one at the Garden. Yeah. Um, I, I caught uh, you know I, I, I caught a SmackDown show obviously when you were there too for WrestleMania weekend but um I haven't been to as many shows I there were a couple times like I actually missed uh, TJP when he was in my neighborhood oh, in wow. Queens this um, is for the House of Glory shows yeah 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 fucking shit when he won yeah when, when he I, won the title I know I really wanted to be there there was there happened to be a, a boxing show I had to cover that night and I was really pissed off that my schedule didn't <laughs> didn't, didn't match up um, well well he's there he's there more often now yeah yeah I would imagine uh, you know although I 
I didn't get to see when he was here. I heard that was awesome. That was it was sick. it was yeah. You uh, know what? I actually watch a lot on social media, um, even though it's not a TV show. I still follow a lot of the PWR stuff. Believe it or not, that's why like uh, I when I when I saw Tree and I, I knew who he was. I'm like, oh yeah yeah, like uh, you're the guy who does this thing right here, right? And uh, inch bump shit. Yeah yeah, that <laughs> that shit. Uh, Were you still here when the Naughty Boys became a thing? No, or when he Tree wasn't. And De La Torre became a thing. No, uh, he no. wasn't coming to shows. He wasn't coming to shows I, at the, the time. That was when I was like really buried by work you know at that time and the when Bueza would show up only and he would I, I would find out what's going on from that but you guys are uh, PWR really doing a really good job of uh, with social media so I, I follow a lot of the stuff that's going on there like it cracks me up because I'm like of course that gets over of course yeah like, knowing that crowd yeah I'm like this is like the most like some of these storylines and characters are so genius I'm like of course that got over like that's it, it's like the perfect you know like I, I, you know what like, cracks me up the most um, like I, 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 I watch it and I'm just like I, I couldn't stop laughing because like it was the perfect character um, Gemerlin yeah, yeah. I, when I saw this I'm Fuck like yeah I'm like of course that got over that's hilarious Cavus loses his shit because I, I, I was watching like yes. um, it was like because it's so like uh, like Almost like what's the term? Like uh, those like daytime like uh, variety, variety shows, shows. Yeah, yes. new time shows. Yeah, yeah, those new time shows, and it's just like um, like cause, you know how like they they have like only a short amount of time to learn these new dances. So it's kind of you know what I mean. Like cause yeah, they have yeah, to learn yeah, every yeah. week a new dance. So they're not gonna be like the best dances, and uh, and it was almost like I don't know if it was like one of those rejected like noontime dances. But when she did it, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like <laughs> I wish I was I, I was popping like on social media for that. Oh man, and it's a very Pinoy thing. Like. Like if you've never been exposed to anything Pinoy, to Pinoy culture or whatever, you'll never get it. It flies over your head. Yeah, exactly. That that that's, that was the genius of it because it was like it was so bad it was good. You know what I mean? Like that's in which, it, it, especially for me now, you know, as an adult, like what makes good wrestling is like being so bad it's good. Right. <laughs> that was so bad it's good. Like going off on that end of the spectrum. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna be cheesy and corny, like be all the way there. You know. Um, you, you mentioned the WrestleMania weekend from this past April, and like one of my highlights from that entire trip was when we hung out in Brooklyn, uh, taking shots at like five thirty or six p.m. Oh, yeah. right outside Barclays. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Um, uh, like I, I never thought I could enjoy live wrestling until I was uh, getting you know uh, sort of kind of drunk in New York City, <laughs> uh, and then you know entering entering the Barclays. Um, I, I have to thank you for that because that was quite the trip. Well, this was the genius of it. It was that the uh, the waitress who gave us the, the shot. Um, she for, miscalculated how to use the phone to record the video, and they go, well, "All right, so she fucked up. So like she gonna get, she gives us a free shot. So we wound up getting uh, two shots for the price of one. Yeah, and uh, I and I was not expecting to do that like yeah. you know get two shots back to back so um we both walked out of there with like the asian flush and uh, <laughs> uh red faces and um you know there there was a, another uh pwr wrestler chris there. panzer okay okay panzer. So we can say panzer was there yeah he um uh he, he, he i guess he was watching his carbs you know what i mean uh, so he, he didn't take a shot but then when i saw his abs i'm like of course and he's got to keep that in check you know what i mean like uh, well he's a champion now yeah he's a champion and you know he, he's getting the washboard abs on so like uh he, he can't be indulging like that but yeah i was like oh my goodness and that actually t- interesting thing that was the last time i was i went out uh before my daughter was born because the next 
next day, my wife went into labor. So, oh, wow. So I got like, uh, that was like my, my final stand, you know, as a, as, as, as almost like a man child watching wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, your life changed forever. Yeah. Then it was a wrap. And then it's like, oh man, gotta go to grad school now. Yeah. Right, Cause I didn't have enough on my plate. I remember when we were having uh, when, when we were having drinks right before that SmackDown. You were telling us about um, this one wrestler that you actually got to work with, and this is a wrestler who appeared on Raw, I believe, like uh, the week prior or something like mm-hmm. that. And she just appeared again on uh, the last Raw of 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what was it? Um, Krista Rivera, right? So she was she played um, actually this past week she played uh, Bobby Lashley, Bobby, Bobby Lashley's, Lashley's. Uh, first wife. Right. Oh, so you know the one her. who yeah, 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 yeah. So I I knew her like a decade ago because like we worked together. We were waiters at Cheesecake Factory oh, wow. in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, and I remember her telling me that she was you know in the indie wrestling and um and that she was uh, you know her dad was a wrestler before and like she had all these photos. Cause I was like, oh, that's cool. You get into wrestling, and, but apparently she's like been in, in wrestling since she was a kid and uh, like her whole life was wrestling before that. So she was really hustling hard to like you know uh, make her dream. Come come true and then though actually that was that because we we went to watch the smackdown together yeah. so um she uh the iconics is it the, yeah the, the iconics yeah so she was the um the the local tag one of the t- local tags like the brooklyn uh, bellas or whatever something it was. like yeah. that yeah so then um she was actually the only one who got any offense in uh from the uh the from jobber team match, yeah yeah and so um i remember back in the day like because uh, first off i'm sitting there and I, I i hadn't thought about it in a while and then i see up on the screen I'm like hey i know her yeah <laughs> uh, I, I used to run her food to the table back in the day uh and then like um i remember like telling her like because uh, this is before like a lot of the podcasts had come out and like there was this as much like exposing of the business and really the only thing that i could think of that when people were talking about the business was scott hall had a youtube show where he would you know uh, w- w- he would have moments of clarity where he would like uh have some uh tidbits about you know the, the craft of it and 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 I was like, yeah, you should watch that. You know, and this but was after he got sober. This is before he got before. sober. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. bits yeah, and I pieces remember of this. this. Yeah. Remember last call, like, last call, Scott Hall. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, like a lot of it was belligerent, but then there were bits and pieces that were actually pretty informative. Yeah, when he would like have like one moment of clarity, and you had to kind of dig a little bit to find. <laughs> yeah, it. no, it's exactly. No, I remember seeing this. This was like early, 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 early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around mid 2000s. Yeah. I remember somebody sent me the video of Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Mm. And then it was just hilarious because he was just blasted in the one video that I saw. And yeah. It gets better. Yeah, so like uh, I, I'm hoping that she actually gets um, like some uh, some more work because like whenever she's been on, she has killed it. You know, it's just that she hasn't gotten like that big thing. She had like one match in NXT, and then she did the thing where with the Iconics. And then she did the thing where she gets knocked off the apron by Lana, and yeah. you know, she she's someone who really should get like a, a big push. I'm curious though, like uh, so so you work with someone and they tell you that uh, they're an indie wrestler. Like uh, this was at a time when people weren't, as you said, as as open about peeling the curtain back as they are right yeah. now so how does that conversation even start um you know i, I actually I, I just i remember where it was uh, we were literally in front of like you know where like they where they keep the the, the food hot like under the lamps yeah and like you know, we were just talking about stuff i'm like yeah she's like i'm a wrestler i'm like oh really yeah, i'm a big wrestling fan and you know what i mean and like we started talking about stuff like that and um yeah i, I just i remember because like uh everyone all the co-workers we were all like facebook friends and she had like these photos of her like when she was a little kid and working in puerto rico and stuff like that like yeah like uh and she just happened to be living in new jersey i guess 
there. So, you know, it's the best place to make uh, quick money and also to kind of stay hungry is working in a restaurant because you'll, you'll be thinking, ah, you know, I, I can't do this forever. I need to, <laughs> I need to make something happen. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, if, if you really want to dig deep into Ryan's uh, backstory, uh, go check out that episode from 2015. That's when we really shit. go into detail on how, he, uh, how you grinded and how you uh, made your way to where you are right now. Um, segueing off of that, uh, I remember, I think it was, uh, this was last year uh, on your Instagram or uh, whichever social media it was, um, I saw a photo of you and Enzo Amore uh, just <laughs> out. Oh, fuck. Because, uh, yeah. okay, you tell the story, yeah, but let's, let's it involves boxing. It yeah. Boxing. So the funniest thing, all right, so I'll, I'll start it. So the, uh, I, I, I train sometimes to the extent that I train anymore is um, at, at this place called um, State of Fitness Boxing Gym in North Bergen, New Jersey. Uh, shout out to Desmond uh, Boyle. He's a good friend of mine. He's the owner of the gym. Um, so Des has uh, this gym and a couple of blocks away, um, this guy moves in, you know, who's also from New Jersey. And, uh, you know, and... You know, he's basically like he he stops in. He sees this gym. He's like, "Oh shit!" You know, there's a boxing gym here, and um, and uh, I get this uh, message from Des. He's like, "Yeah, do you know uh, this wrestler Enzo More?" Like, "Fuck yeah, I know Enzo More." Yeah, like, <laughs> and I got, and this is post WWE pre ROH. Yeah. yeah, this is post that, and um, so then uh, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He's training here, and he loves his gym. And I'm like, "All right, cool," because like um. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story about yeah. that. So WrestleMania that uh, yeah. la- this past year was in uh, Secaucus, right? At the yeah. Meadowlands, yeah. whatever. East Rutherford. So um, uh, the me- so Enzo More plays basketball at the, at the park that's named after the Cinderella Man, James Braddock, yep. right? Yep. So because um, that's the, the big hero of the town, North Bergen, is yeah. Cinderella Man. So um. So he, uh, so the mayor, you know, posts this thing. Oh, uh, guess who's in town for um, WrestleMania weekend? It's Enzo Amore, and he was spotted at the park. I'm like, yeah, he's there every day. Like he lives <laughs> right in that <laughs> he lives town. Down. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not. He's not there for WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, he 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 trains there. He does actually. If you see a lot of the podcast that he does, like there's this, um, like he, Chris Van Vliet uh, did a, uh, a shoot with him there. Uh, uh, what's the other uh, title wrestling? Uh, that those guys they did a shoot there. So like that place where they're doing those shoots um, are, are that's that's the gym. Um, so um, uh, big cast is out there too. Um, and, and and you never know who's gonna drop by because like uh, I, I went there one time and like um, what's the guy's name? The one who who fought um, Punk in in UFC? Mickey Gall. Mickey yeah, Gall. Mickey Gall was there. I'm like, oh crap, Mickey Gall's hanging out here too now. Like it's uh it's kind of it, it's kind of the hot spot now. So yeah, the f- first time I meet Enzo. Um, He's like, I'm just sitting in the office. I'm chilling, and you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to sweat Enzo because I'm sure he gets it all the time. Like, and then like, he he pulls out his phone and uh, he's listening to John Denver. Um, <laughs> wow, some kind of John Denver song. Uh, and then he, he, un- he unplugs wow. his phone and he blasts it. He's like, just in case you were wondering what Enzo Moore is playing on his phone, it's John Denver. I'm like, oh, good to know. Uh, and then we're just talking. Like, he's a cool dude. Just like. I know he comes off as like an asshole, but really good dude. Um, him and his friends, they're always at, at the gym. Um, really good guys. Just good, good guys from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if that's your thing, those are, like, those are the guys. <laughs> Did you get to score like an interview with him or a sit down? I, you know what? I didn't uh, just because like I never could. I, you know, I've talked to him. Like, you know, we, we chatted. It's, it's just that I, I never... Um, 
like because uh, every time I'm talking to someone I'm really interested in it's almost like an interview it's just not formal and not, it's not published anywhere but it's like I, I never had the outlet you know to like well I'm going to do this wrestling thing like uh, in the US but um, yeah I know if you ever want to you know talk to him maybe I can talk to someone <laughs> hey yeah why not <laughs> you make that yeah. stuff you make that you yeah, yeah. That I, I mean like uh, we can always patch someone in like that's the advantage yeah. of being here with Podcast <laughs> Network Asia so you know yeah you guys true. might be better at doing that than I am because like, in my head I'm just like wondering what the fuck's an interview with Enzo Mori gonna be like Listen, uh, I would be down for that yeah. a- any kind of conversation with Enzo Mori is a conversation you'll never forget I'm gonna bust out <laughs> my certified GT shirt yeah. <laughs> uh, like so like literally at this gym like you know his um the the belt was there like the cruiserweight belt I like, was about to ask about that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like uh, <laughs> I was just like oh shit here's the, I guess the cruiserweight belt is uh, here and uh, so yeah no, I, I was like uh, the, that, that was pretty cool actually and I, and I can't stress it enough Enzo, you know, whatever he comes off cross off on TV, that's just you know how he makes his how he pays his bills. Nicest guy, really humble dude, and um, you know, I, I'm glad he's having a lot of success right now. He's having almost like a, a new renaissance on the indie scene right now. What was it like being in the garden for that moment when Enzo and Cass just hopped the rails and then they, oh my goodness they caused that uh, that commotion? You know what's funny? Like, Sidebar though, I remember we talked about this on the pod. I was on that episode. I wasn't. The, no, I think. It no, was, it was it was it was it was, uh, was the three of house, us at right? my place, yeah, at the balai, and we started talking about it, and the two guys were like, "Hey, maybe Ryan's uncle Ian might have some insight." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'll, I'll give them credit. I I, I wasn't um, uh, I, I wasn't uh, tipped off to it, um, but which made it even better because I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, they're there. Like uh, and then I saw like behind the scenes videos later on that were posted, but like like they were like um, I, I I popped hard for that because I'm like. Hell yeah! Like people were saying that they were gonna do that at Mania, but like, uh, but when they did it here, it was it was it was a great moment. Um, and especially with you know uh, to, to watch them with Bubba and those guys, it was you know because it made me realize you know those that was one of the great tag teams um, that never got to win the titles. Yeah. And then the thing was, I mentioned that to Enzo, and he said, "Well, that's the angle." Then you know what I mean? We were the best tag team that never won the titles. That's that's the reason to tune in. Then so it's like, uh, I I I think that's the the long plan is that like you know they 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 their tag titles all over the world to win you know and uh i think that's what they're gonna go for yeah because they've reunited recently right yeah. so they're they're kind of going on this tour right now mm-hmm. and and Cass isn't in jail yeah 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 that's there's good. that there's that too. yeah there, there's a whole bit about him you know, just being in a better place right now yeah yeah um what what was the atmosphere like in the garden for the g1 supercard because not a lot of people from the philippines even get to uh to watch a new japan show or yeah. a ring of honor show let alone a supercard like that well like for me it was great because um w- what i really was going nuts for you know because there was there's so many so much talent on that show but what i went nuts for is zsj i was uh-huh. like that's like my guy right like zach saber jr is my guy and i love the whole pairing with takamichinoku you yeah, know, like, yeah that was like my favorite angle there and i was just going nuts uh I'm trying to think, who did he work that night? Uh, ZSJ. Yeah. But I just remember ZSJ, like, stretch. I, I, it wasn't Tanahashi. I forgot who it was. It was I someone. It. No, no, he was feuding with Tanahashi at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to think who it was because he stretched the hell out of something. My friend, uh, who you know is a huge wrestling fan, but had never seen New Japan really. Yeah. He actually went nuts. Like, how the hell is this guy like freaking his arms still on a tag? It was like that kind of like stretching. He's the best technical wrestler, full stop in the world. 100. That's how he is. 100. percent It's like, um, it, it, it's fun because like I always appreciate these matches because it's it's to have a ZSJ match, you have to have the right guy because it's so technical. It's like it's not like sports. 
sports entertainment. It's really like it's gotcha's gotch gun. Yeah, it's like nineteen thirties, you know, wrestling. Except he's not fat. <laughs> <laughs> but like from where you were sitting or, or from where you were at, um, how was the reception from the American audience towards, say, the, the Japanese guys? Oh no, because I'll say you know, wrestling fans now are fans of wrestling. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not like back in the day where like you would only get WWE if you're in America and you'd have to like wait like a couple months to get tapes from Japan, like. Uh, or like, you know, you may live in the South and only get WCW. Now it's like the wrestling fans in America, especially, and, you know, here too, to a big extent, like uh, the fans are really savvy. So they knew who the guys were. And like, I was sitting around people from, from like England and, um, all over the U.S., like, um, all walks of life, and, the, and they knew everyone, and they were going nuts. It was like, I, you know, they, it was like, they, I guess they watch every show there. So, like, um, I mean, the people were going nuts uh, for Okada, you know, like, uh, he, they, the reception was almost like he was, like, John Cena, but it was like uh, he was getting a heel react, uh, a face reaction. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, it was, people were really into it, and um, I'm sure they could, it was like, uh, when um, Cheeseburger, they went nuts for him. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, everyone everyone loses their shit for Cheeseburger. Yeah, 100%. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah, but uh, that that was uh, the show that Okada and Jay White closed. Yeah, for the yeah. title, yeah. which I you know I'll tell you something like th- so. This is like me being a heel fan. Like <laughs> I was trying to buy. Do you into- like Jay White? I'll tell you what I, I liked. I, I liked Jay White more because of the way that the finish went. Where like you know he got like a hundred like tombstones and then freaking you know and and, and then like the uh, the rainmaker a hundred times. I'm just like all right, this is overkill. Like unless he's gonna reverse one of these things, like I I don't need to see a two minute you know finish like this. You know. <laughs> yeah, but that was like uh, that was the rain or that was the beginning of the rain that just ended this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. At Wrestle Kingdom. And then uh, can I just uh, say something real quick because. You know, Romeo's Yo. not here, but uh, I, 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 this includes him too. I just want to thank you guys for really um, what you guys do for wrestling because it's you know, everyone really plays their part, you know, for keeping it alive. But um, to, to host those shows at uh, at Skinny Mike's and um, it, it just kind of it builds a community where, like, you know what? Maybe maybe you know it's not filling uh, you know an arena, but it's it's a place where people who like wrestling can go and be around other people who like wrestling. And I think that's that really means something to a lot of people. It's that sense of community. Thank and you. I just want to you know give you guys props for all that you guys do. Well, for he's putting us over. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Sangali is putting us over big time. Yeah, and, yeah, and like this a is a bucks. good segue for the Royal Rumble. That's right. Yeah, the Royal Rumble viewing party quick plug. We'll talk about it more <laughs> at the end. Uh, January 27. We're doing it again, boys! Fifth annual Royal Rumble viewing party. We've been doing this five years now. Uh, and it's going to be as early as 5 a.m. We'll be there. I will tell you the details <laughs> later on. Five? Yes, sir. Holy right shit. after the PWR show the <laughs> night before. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, just uh, going back off of what you were saying, Ryan, um, the way I see it, it's always been like creating a safe space. You know, for mm-hmm. wrestling fans, because like for the longest time, when uh, when you come out as a wrestling fan, it always gets uh, get, gets treated with hostility. Yeah. Or if if not hostility, like condescension. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah, sure. Yo. So, um, I know I, I don't think I've ever shared this story with anyone, literally oh. anyone. So, um, are you even your wife? My wife was there actually. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so, nice. are, are you are, are you guys familiar with the uh, Filipino um, sec, uh, Silicon Valley uh, pioneer Dado Benata? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Dado, yeah. I've I've, inter- I've 
been in the room for a CNN interview that he did. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a good know, guy, he's really a good cool guy. guy. So uh, so the funny thing is, um, my wife was making a joke about you know we were at dinner with him and uh, my wife was making a joke about yeah my, you know Ryan yeah he's smart but he likes wrestling you know yada 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 and Dado Benato was like yeah I love wrestling too like yeah Dado Benato is a wrestling fan wow yeah yeah so he he was like going in about like you know when he, when he, on his downtime he'll watch wrestling and stuff like that and like he's he was a big fan like so like my wife was just sitting there like, <laughs> <laughs> foiled again and, this is, and, and just for those who don't know if you google this man he is one of the most intelligent human beings that ever worked in silicon valley let mm. alone be a filipino innovator he's one of those scientists that you should know exists out mm. there Cam was just calling me out because he saw me Google that. No, no, fuck, no, man! It's just that what you were trying to do. No, Kamos. no, you trying to shame me for my uh, lack of IT knowledge. No, fat man, I will shame you for other things, but not that. No, because this is a guy. This is a guy that is so under the radar that I wouldn't expect ninety percent of our listeners to know who he is. No, uh, speaking of uh, famous wrestling fans here in the Philippines, uh, I was there at Aneta for the last WWE show that was here in Manila, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, one, uh, there was this ro- uh, row of wrestling fans behind me. One of them was my friend. And after the show... Shouts uh, to Wacky. Yeah, shout out to Wacky Mendoza. Oh, he takes fuck. a picture of me and my yeah. dad. And then afterward, my dad's like, oh, go take their picture. Like, you know, just uh, return the favor. So I take their picture. And then my dad tells me, wasn't that Bamakino? Like mm. in, their, in their group. And I'm like, no, it's not Bamakino. <laughs> like, that guy has a mustache. That's not Bamakino. But Bamakino hasn't been a senator for a few months. So, so like, the following day, uh, <laughs> Waki uploads the photo on Instagram, right? And then I see the tag, Bamakino. Like, oh, what my the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and no, no one, in the, no one uh, besides Bamakino looks like Bamakino. So it's... <laughs> well, he grows <laughs> his mustache wait, wait. now. No one alive looks yeah. like Bamakino now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, argument yeah. can be made. Right? Yeah. Because his uncle's dead? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay, that's because he joke. looks like Yes. Yeah, but I, I think that night he wasn't wearing the the glasses and mm. he had that Rusev mustache. He has contacts. <laughs> he has contacts for his shit. No. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally didn't recognize him. But maybe, like, maybe he got LASIK. Out. You don't know. He maybe got LASIK. Yeah. Since no, uh, but since he still he wears no. He still wears glasses. I still uh. see it. I, like when he goes through e gaming events. He still got the class. He goes to e-gaming events too? Dude, yeah, he's, yeah, he's one really of, okay. into esports. He's, oh, he's shit. such a big deal in the esports scene because he was the one who authored the bill that allowed these... Um, the national team to get funding now. The, the oh. guys who competed in the SEA Games were partially funded by bills that Mamakino endorsed. Yeah, so like that's one of his lasting pieces of legacy. <laughs> he, gave yeah. he gave us esports. He gave us esports through the government, which works. Oh. In your work uh, at Ring Magazine, have you encountered like other wrestling fans from like the boxing world? Is there oh. a big intersection? Also, yeah. to add on, Tyson Fury. What are you thoughts? Oh. Yo, yo, yo. Okay, okay, one Tyson at a Fury. time. One Tyson at a time. Fury first. Tyson Fury well, first. Well, Tyson Fury, I'll tell you something about Tyson Fury. When he first came to America, like years ago, before anyone knew who he was, I was one of the first guys who interviewed him. Uh, and I remember like he was like, uh, so he did the press conference and then he was at, uh, this was like 20, 2009, 2010, whenever he, like before, he was anybody and like he was out on um uh, st patrick's day singing at, at the parade with everybody and and even if you don't know who he is he's like a huge guy and he's like really he's like, funny so he's like six seven feet. yeah he's yeah. almost seven feet yeah but no he's like he's listed as six nine but you know who knows maybe maybe he was doing the wwe thing before with his height but um <laughs> yeah no so tyson fury actually you know tyson fury i always said um, if there was a guy who was built, you know, for that life, it's Tyson Fury. And I thought not just that, but it also really was huge for um, for uh, 
uh, Braun Strowman that they trusted him with a guy who wasn't a worker to have a safe match like that and not like hurt the in heavyweight Saudi champion. Arabia. In Saudi Arabia of all places, yeah. So like you know they really trusted him. Uh, I thought that that kind of spoke to the kind of worker and professional that Braun Strowman is. But yeah, no, um, Tyson Fury is, was like the perfect guy because he was living basically as a wrestler, <laughs> but he's a, he was a boxer. But yeah, I'll tell you a lot of. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, so Manny Pacquiao, yeah. I've interviewed him and I've asked him who are his favorite wrestlers. Is he's a super fan? Like he, he? like I'll say some. This big boxing guy. He was already a center. No, he wasn't a center. He was a congressman at the time. But I'm sitting in his house and he's watching. Uh, he doesn't watch boxing. I I I've never seen him watch boxing. I don't even know if he likes boxing. But like he um he will watch kung fu and wrestling. And like I remember, like watching like him, he was watching like a uh, uh, Drew Galloway with uh, McIntyre against our um, Truth uh, match on like superstars, like and he was sitting there like really intent, like watching superstars, like like yeah, he really. Uh, and I asked him, "Who are your favorite guys?" And he was like, um, "So he was a big um, uh, Shawn Michaels fan, Undertaker, oh no, St- Stone Cold." And um and Bret Hart and like I remember he's like yeah I like Stone Cold and he's doing like the stunner like <laughs> right here like and it's like oh it's the congressman talking about how much he likes the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin did he, didn't he also get Batista or somebody to bring he him did, to he walk did. him yeah. out there? Yeah. Batista walked him out and Taker walked him out yeah Taker walked uh, and also like um I remember because uh, a lot of because boxing and and, uh, and and wrestling have have you know been intertwined for you know since they were they first began as things. Because even like a lot of the um, the wrestling magazines were all the companies that own wrestling magazines also own boxing magazines. Like you know like uh, uh, B- uh, B- Boxing Illustrated was, was owned by the same company that had Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like although Boxing Illustrated is no longer, no longer exists, but um, it, it's always been an overlap. And uh, a lot of the and in fact on Twitter, like a lot of us like boxing guys, we catch a lot of flack from some of the older uh, boxing guys for being like huge wrestling fans. Why? Also. Cause like you know we'll be tweeting not every Sunday like whatever's like the big pay per view or yeah. like we tweet about it a lot we, we we catch a lot of heat you know what I mean because uh, there's a lot of super fans in boxing who like wrestling but like with the MMA community at least the stuck up uh, subset of the MMA community they give the wrestling fans the whole oh uh, you know that shit's fake right yeah yeah uh, do I get it all the time yeah so so boxing fans are kind of like that too is that what you some saying? like you know uh, some of the more dismissive ones because um, like a lot of the boxing writers like all the time like a lot of the boxing writers like when we're not like working we'll be hanging out and like watching wrestling shows together like uh that's just our way of blowing off steam um i'm trying to think i remember uh this one guy who fought nonito donaire um raul martinez he actually told me that he got the idea of like he would run from the the crowd uh, from his dressing room to the ring because he was a big ultimate warrior fan uh-huh um i remember him telling me that i'm trying to think uh, some of the guys uh but like there will always be guys i, I actually uh x-pac um sean waltman um he he was a boxing guy too he loved boxing and uh he would always call me the filipino burt sugar which was like a big compliment because like you know burt sugar passed a while ago and he was a, he was a friend of mine as well and uh he's like yeah you remind me of burt sugar which and burt sugar was you know this boxing historian but he was also lesser known as a big wrestling historian so like wow. he was really like a, a guy that like knew the wrestling and my um the guy 
guy who trained me how to box, uh, the late Jimmy the Cat Dupree, rest in peace. Um, he was a huge wrestling fan, right? So like he would have like under uh, right by the ring, he would have all these magazines like boxing magazines, and he would also have like 1960s and 1970s vintage wrestling magazines. And if I talked to him about boxing, but yeah, yeah, he kind of okay. And if he knew the guy, you know, like he he crossed paths with him, he'll tell me a story. But he would really get animated about wrestling, so we would always talk about wrestling. Um, yeah, no, believe it or not, and it's like it's always like a thing. Like I don't care where you're from, you know, not like the back, you know, the Backstreet Boys song, like, <laughs> but like you will if you, if you're a wrestling fan, like we have something to talk about. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's uh, that, that's just a bond that fans have. It's funny because like when you look at it on the outset, there are a lot of similarities, but then uh, you you take a look at the the nitty gritty of it. Of course, boxing is a competitive sport, and mm -hmm. pro wrestling is, uh, is is sports entertainment or whatever you want. It's call competitive it. too, though. But it is competitive, <laughs> yeah. right? Like whether you're on on the local independent level or in the WWE, it is still a competition. Guys are out there burying each other. Like I mean, I grew up in the in the Attitude Era, where like you know, The Rock would just get on the microphone and just end people's careers. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know? like it, it's competitive and like, i mean just look at the scene here pwr started out in the boxing ring of all places right and then i'll tell you the funniest thing because i would go to i would cover a lot of boxing shows there and they could never sell tickets right it was just not possible one of my friends who promotes shows he tried it and no one showed up and at the mcs yeah and, at yeah and um but pwr was always like had like a lot of fans and but people could not believe that that was a thing that like you could sell tickets to something in makati cinema square yeah you know, what's, what's funny about that time, and we say this a lot now, especially as we look back at it in hindsight, it was very much like, like Fight Club. It's kind of like this thing that everybody would uh, be... Uh, it, it would be promoted to everybody, but at the same time, it's very hush hush. Like, oh, we're going to PWR. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and I used to tell people, like, if you're in Manila, this is, I, I don't care if you're, even if you're not a wrestling fan, this is the place to go. Like, this is, like, do not miss these shows. They are wacky. They are fun. Like, it's it's just a good time. You know, even if, like, because now I got to say, like, I've seen the, the quality of the wrestling now. You guys have gotten so much better. Like, it's, I mean, you know, it, it's really like, there are a couple of people there that I think could really be, like, WWE level, even NXT, something along that those lines. Um, you know, they could wrestle. You know, something like DDT or you know, uh, anywhere in the world. The, the talent level right now is really that good, um, and especially just getting over with charisma. That's that's the big thing. Also, that 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 uh, I've seen come along. But like um, back then, even like it was just people were having fun, and if you're having fun, that's contagious. You know. You've been around different types of crowds, like whether it's boxing or wrestling. And, you know, when you talk about the wrestling crowds uh, here in the Philippines versus the ones you've been around in the U.S., like um, I, I ask this question to, you know, uh, to everybody from outside the Philippines all the time. Like, what's the biggest thing that stands out about the Filipino wrestling fan? I'll tell you, the number one thing is it's a sense of community. It's really because it's like it's almost like you go to these shows and it's like family because it's like, you know, everyone there, you know, all the wrestlers, you know, all the characters. Um, you, you go with your friends and your friends like like you said it's a safe space or you can you can go there and be a fan and just enjoy yourselves and not have to worry about people making fun of you like you know you're into wrestling and you know what I mean so um, I'm trying to think here what uh, what's another how what's another way that I would describe it it's like um, the fans I would say because like even like the first show I remember after the first show and then going into like you know the uh, 
you know, the, the Facebook group and like everyone was putting it over like, oh, it was the best time of my life. I had a great time. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I'm glad everyone else enjoyed it as much as, as I did. And they would have they already knew who the people were. And like they were like, yeah, oh, this was my character. I really liked and that was my character. And um, I mean, from day one, I was like, yeah, Ken Warren, that's the guy right there. And like, that's that, that, that's that's your shot right there. That's you know what I mean? Put this guy out front. He's he's the man. Um, but yeah, I would say like, I've been to shows like small indie shows in America where the crowd is really not into it. It's you know the guys, you know, just there's not enough passion. They may look good, they may be in shape, but the passion's not there. Um, yeah, but I would say that um, it's really the fans, like the the way that they, um, the passion and just the enthusiasm. Yeah, I like how you relate um, the sense of community to the to the fans over here. Yeah, because being that you know we I've seen actually wrestlers. I'm oh, sorry, wrestling fans and non fans watch. PWR shows and both have the same level of enjoyment that otherwise wouldn't have been possible outside of a PWR show. Mm. You know, the, the the level of enjoyment, the 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 pretensions that go out the door as soon as you enter MCS or even the Power Max Spotlight now, it's incredible. It, it's it's incredibly welcoming. Mm-hmm. No, I actually want to ask you this because, like, uh, you, you just talked about the uh, these indie shows in the U.S. where um, there isn't as much passion from the fans, or like you you feel like the energy isn't up there. Like, whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the fans because like they didn't seem to be into what they were watching? Is it the promoter's fault? Is it the talent's fault? Um, I because I think a lot of these smaller shows because uh, I, I I used to go to a lot of like really small shows in New Jersey and. Um, you know, it, it's just like when you think of like not like how there's like the indies now. It's like where it's like the cool indies and everyone's having. You know, it's like it's hip to be in the indies. It's like I'm talking like like the fake doink shows. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you know the fake Vader or something like that. Like uh, and, and like actually, I remember the one one show I saw like the fake boss man and like you're clearly just dressed up as the big boss man and you know and boss and, man's been dead for a while. Yeah, and they, and he was doing like you know they were doing like the Vince McMahon. And, you know, angle, but it's like I heard that they'd done that before, like, you know, last week too. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of thing, which like they're clearly just, you know, uh, trying to work on like getting something to bigger, but it's like it's like that show didn't really matter as much. I think the fans can sense where it's like a practice show, you know what I mean? So I, I've gone to a few practice shows. Um, and, and it's just it, I guess it just also matters about like sometimes like I, I think we, PWR just has a, like a, a young uh, fun crowd hip crowd like it's just it's just the, all the coolest people in Manila go to the PWR shows that's really what it feels like because it's like I'm looking around there's no hint of being self-conscious it's just everyone's having a blast and it's like yeah we're wrestling fans deal with it yeah like uh, that, that that pretty much sums up the feeling of being a fan. I mean, like I haven't been a fan at a local show for for quite some time. But like, if I weren't part part of the uh, the locker room, I'd probably feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure uh, how it is on your end, Gina, since uh, you're not part of the locker. No, room. I, I am a fan of all the shows. That's why I re- keep coming to support, not just to review and to talk about it on this podcast. Sure, there's that, but as a fan of a wrestling promotion that's homegrown with people that I know who are involved with it in it. 
it's it's just endearing to me to just to be able to go all the way out there and and just enjoy my Sunday afternoon. And there's nothing toxic about it too. That's 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 the, that's the best thing. Cause like, you know, you can get something special going, and then there can be an element that just ruins it for some people, and that doesn't exist here. That's what I really liked also about because, like, when you you use the term safe space, I know that's something that you know kind of gets um, like scoffed at and like social media and stuff like that. But it really is like that. Where it's like, you know, these are a lot of a lot of fans would probably like get that. Even I get like, oh, you know, it's fake. I'm like, no, really, it's fake. I had no idea. Thanks for letting me know, you <laughs> asshole. Like, uh, and I've actually had to block people from my Facebook page. I'm like, oh, you think you're so witty? Like, you know, you know something smart, huh? Like, um, but like, there's it, it nothing. Th- these are people who, like who probably have heard that from, from like family members or friends or yep. something like that, and coworkers, coworkers, bosses. yeah. Like, at least my my mom is really cool when it comes to wrestling. Like, my mom like loves wrestling too. Like, she was like the first person who like let me watch wrestling. And I remember like when I was like in, like first grade or kindergarten. I remember like uh, it was like summer vacation yeah i get to stay up and watch raw now because raw had just like gone on the air at that yeah. time uh even my wife believe it or not my wife is a big wrestling fan when she was a kid like she was a big fan of um ultimate warrior so she like she would like do the like the the ropes like shaking the ropes like <laughs> like uh, looking back and everyone i feel like uh has had a point where they got into wrestling um uh you know it, it, it's just it's just something that like it's it's always been with me and for a lot of the people like it's almost like their inner child still alive you know what's the best clap back you've given to someone who's made fun of your fandom uh blocking them like, like <laughs> just, I, I i i don't i usually don't even like sit around and like you know i'll have this conversation like but it's like because you know i i feel like it's always a bad faith like thing to say it's just like yeah of course i know it's fake you know what i mean or or it's scripted it but you know what it's it's i'm having a good time like, you know what tv shows movies they're scripted too like you know uh, i hate to tell you you know uh, captain america really didn't like beat that guy you know what i mean <laughs> that guy put him over you know that's just how it was you know it's uh uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, unless we're watching boxing or MMA or something like that, like even even reality TV is scripted. So um, at least at least wrestling uh, can keep a sense of humor about itself. Right, right. Um, as we wind down here, um, what do you miss most since you left the Philippines and since you left all of this? Oh, you know, I, and I, what's your favorite Filipino food? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's balut, you know. Uh, no, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what I miss about the Philippines. I miss everything. Um, I really, I, I can't say this enough. Like, um, Manila is always going to be home to me. Um, I, I miss the people. I miss my friends. Um, uh, unfortunately, the way, like, when I had to leave, like, I, I I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to everyone. But luckily, I was able to see a lot of the people. Um, I, I just, I you know, I just miss the, the way, like, people here, I, you know, not to juxtapose them with anyone else, but it's like in the Philippines, people really know how to live. And even if like there's traffic or whatever and all this stuff that sucks our souls out, it's like uh, people, they, they, they don't, I feel like they don't lose track of what's important here. Like, um, you know, the way that sometimes, you know, it's, it's possible to do it in America. Um, I just, I just, I missed all my friends. Uh, I missed all my friends at Rappler. You know, I was able to come by and see them all today and uh, um, just catch up with them. And, uh, you, you know, and, and you know, I, 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 I planted a lot of seeds at, at, at Rappler when I was there. And to see a lot of the people that I worked with and the, some of the people I hired out of college actually still there and, 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 and living the dream and, and, and being their best selves, that, that meant a lot to me. 
Um, you know, I'm actually leaving uh, on Monday, but it's just um, I feel like uh, you know, I kind of want to. St- part of me wants to stay because I'm like, I mean, obviously, you know, t- I, they, I can't go to school online or I have to be there. Right. But um, I don't know. I'm not ruling it out that I'll, I'll, I'll be back here one day again. And uh, I, I guess I just uh, end it all off on on something positive. You know, you're someone who's achieved a lot um, in 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 your field. Even though you know, dating back to our first interview, you said that you had a lot of hurdles hurdles that you had to overcome. So, yeah. like, what's the biggest thing that um, if if you're behind the eight ball and you want to achieve something, whether it's in journalism or wrestling or whatever other industry you're in, like, what's that one thing that has to drive you to like um, push through? It you know, it, it's really it really comes down to the person just wanting it. Like, I mean. I I, I I shouldn't be where I am. I shouldn't be alive. I a lot of things, you know, that I've had to go through, but um it's just like uh I, I remember as a kid, I, I was bullied a lot as a kid and uh and I remember thinking to myself, you know what, I can't I can't do anything about it right now. But one of these days, you know, I, I, I'm gonna do something in my life, and uh, and I just remember like that. That's not currency at that point when you're 15 years old, and you can't you can't tell a teacher that because the teacher's like, "Who are you? I'm, I I have a car. Go to hell." You know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like, uh, or a bigger kid, like, "Yeah, maybe one day, but I can kick your ass now." But uh, it's all good because like, um, I, I would just say it's like n- never giving up, like having that uh, belief in yourself that uh, there's something that you can do. And and just I, and also it's just about enjoying yourself. It's like I I started writing because I really enjoyed it, and um, I never thought oh I was gonna make a career out of this. I'm gonna see the world because of this, and I was able to do those things. Um, but it's like um, just staying positive about it every day. Work because there's a boxer by the name of Bernard Hopkins who said every day you you know you have to do something towards your goal of being. He was talking about becoming a world champion. But for me it was like you know being a writer. It was like I write every day. I read every day. Um, I, I I put myself in that mindset. I, I you know all the writers that I would love I wanted to be like I remember um, uh, Hunter Thompson who was like one of my favorite writers he when he was a little kid um, he would type out um, Ernest Hemingway books you know just like sitting there like you know uh, imagining that he was actually writing writing uh, you know farewell to arms or I forgot which book it was uh, and you have to put yourself in that mindset that whatever you want to be you have to imagine yourself already as that and um, and I and I and I, I kind of faked it till I make it so um, anyone who's listening to this uh, you know first off I apologize for my voice um, <laughs> and my accent but um, secondly I just want to say um, if you're someone who has a dream uh, don't give up on it and um, don't ever let anyone tell you so there, I, I want to end this on, on, on this quote because um, I messed this up when I said this at Carnegie Hall because I was a little tipsy when I was accepting an, an award one night but it was from um, that movie 13 thi- uh, no, uh, 10 things I hate about you uh-huh. so Heath Ledger you yeah. know um, and he was giving uh, advice to uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character when you know because uh, he liked this girl and 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 like you know he was kind of like this reticent bully but then it turns out he's like a bene- benevolent figure so he tells um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, don't ever let anyone make you feel like you don't deserve what you want you know what I mean and I feel like if you keep that mindset you can do what you want to do wow that, that that's powerful stuff. No, and digging on some Shakespeare, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, if people want to follow you, keep tabs on your work. Uh, where can people? Ca- uh, where can people find it? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Ryan Sungalia, uh, Instagram as well. Uh, so, 
um, yeah, follow me there. Uh, I write for Ring Magazine. Um, uh, if you're into boxing, um, if, if you want to read old stuff, you can just search my stuff at Rappler. Uh, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing stuff. Who knows? <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for making time for us. I know that the thank trip you. isn't as long as either of us would like <laughs> to be, but you know, you were there last Sunday at the Wrestle Kingdom viewing party, and now you're here. I wouldn't uh, have missed it. <laughs> appreciate you being back after four or five years here on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks, brother. Thanks again to Ryan Songalia for joining us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast and just uh, talking about some good times and also giving us that perspective of an outsider that we don't normally get on all things Philippine wrestling. I wish he, w- I really wish he could have made this show because like he hasn't seen us in a long time, like yeah. live. He hasn't seen us live, but I'm just so happy that he gave so much feedback on the current product. Right, absolutely. And if you want to get to catch a local show yourself and also give your feedback on the local product, all you have to do is to be there for PWR Mabuhay Ang Wrestling that's taking place on Sunday, January 26 at 2 p.m. at the Power Max Center Spotlight. You've already got a couple announced matches. You've got Chris Panzer defending his championship the Campeonato ng Pilipinas or you know pagiging kampion ng Pilipinas right uh, it's it's up for grabs against Cuatro and Ken Warren you've also got uh, just announced today Jake De Leon taking on Jay Serra Jay versus Jay as JDL fulfills ah, his ah. destiny of being Joshi De Leon well he wants it yeah uh, you've also first, got it's his first intergender match ever ever right? and you've got uh, MSG taking on the Kakai Bros for the PWR Tag Team Championships as we fulfill our destiny of being MSG all belts uh-huh. you've got Chino Ginto and Vlad Sinsik in a Matira Matibay match for the Philippine Excellence Championship which should be brutal and many other matches that will be announced in the coming week. So I'm excited. You know where to get your tickets, ticketme.net or just message the PWR page. Usual so. usual ways, usual channels. It's 2020, but we still using everything that worked in 2019 to get you guys the best Philippine wrestling tickets available. Right. So there's that. Then the very next day, you've got uh, the Royal Rumble viewing party. We are doing this for the fifth oh straight year. Oh my god! Five, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Uh, at Skinny Mike's. Uh, no reservation, so it's first come, first serve. Tickets are at 300 pesos a pop. They book come with a free drink. Yeah, uh, book your leaves. They come with a free drink, so it's your choice between a beer, a juice, an iced tea, or a, uh, a soda. It's, right? And you know what, guys? I, I tell you this. If you really, 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 really love the Rumble, there are ways that we're going to make this viewing party fun. We've always had fun at these shows with all the shenanigans that we pulled up. We had a drinking game last year, last last year, where I, I can't remember who bought the bottle of tequila. Yeah, uh, you know, the, these Rumble but viewing these parties Rumble are viewing the best. These Rumble viewing parties are the best. And, you know, the, if there's one WWE show that you really love to watch... It has to be the Rumble just because there's so much unpredictability. There's so much fun that can happen there. Not just that. If, yung, uh, the, the sensation of counting down from yeah. 10 to 1 with an entire bar of unbeatable, wrestling fans on a Monday morning. On a Monday morning while you're still hungover from the wrestling show the night before. Yeah, that's insane. So uh, it's something definitely worth looking forward to on the weekend of January 26th. They have announced They have announced um, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend at the very least, no? Yeah, yeah, they have that's, announced that. They've also announced like a handful of competitors for the Royal Rumble match. Yeah. So there. That's gonna be, it's going to be an exciting Rumble weekend. I have a good feeling about this year. Now, before we end this week's episode of the podcast, we have to give you our picks of the week. And let's start with the pick of the week for Chino, who just left because he has an open mic to attend tonight. 
Oh yeah, he still does that. I, and you know what, guys? Please, please do head out to these Comedy Manila open mics at Mo's Bar, our favorite Chinese restaurant bar. Favorite bar underneath a Chinese restaurant yeah. in Quezon City. So uh, his pick of the week is Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, where if Tanahashi would have won, he would have uh, been eligible for an AEW world title shot. And so obviously that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But it's, it's, a good, it's a good idea to put it out that the quote-unquote forbidden door yeah, would have, could have been could have been open. Yeah, I, I love that. The universes could have merged together. Uh, that's always great. And um, at the very least, we got a great match from two guys who are way over 40. And, and Jericho looks way, way, way closer to 50 than he does. I mean, he's 49. He just turned 49 uh, at the end of uh, November, I believe. And, yeah. you know, um, I mean, he talks about DDPY a lot. So uh, if, it, if it works for him with that body type, God bless you, DDP. Yeah, God, God bless you, Chris Jericho. God, no, 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 DDP, because he was he's able to make sure that that man with that frame continues to perform, continues to perform at the peak of his abilities. And sure. um, just a snippet, just a snippet from this match. Now, in the post show con, a press con that they always do, Jericho goes on to say, "Na, hey, I want AEW and NJPW to work together." I want this door to be opened and for people to challenge from Japan. See, it's still very much unclear whether or not the beef between AEW and NJPW is actually legit. Uh, for or if this is still a fucking work. Right. So, you know, as a fan, I just want it to be a work. I, I want these two universes to blend once again. I'd like to see the likes of Okada, Naito, Tanahashi in AEW the same way. I'd love to see the elite get back into NJPW. All we need from this is for Kenny to come back and save Ibushi this time around. That's yeah, all, sure. That's Let's uh, get another Golden Lovers reunion going. All you need, all you need to happen is that, and the door will be wide, wide, wide open. So, Stan, what was your pick from this week? All right, uh, my pick of the week is ZSJ versus Sonata. Since Good I know pick. you're, you're picking Good the main pick. event, uh, I, I enjoy the counters. Uh, I, too, am a fan of ZSJ. And, uh, I mean, counter wrestling isn't for everybody. But when it's done properly. When it's done really well, it, it's just such a beauty to watch. It's it so fun. fun. Um, and, and watching it on a Sunday afternoon with a red horse in your hand and watching these two guys just counter the fuck out of each other's uh, holds and locks and pinning combinations. Uh, it, was a, it, it was a good display of athleticism and finesse. Can I, can I point out just one sequence from that match that everyone needs to watch? The straight jacket sequence. Yeah. That, that sequence of... They, They're they just use, slipping out and then flipping and then uh, just uh, trying to outmaneuver one another. All with a, one of the more complicated holds that, you know, it's you can get creative with, but oh my God. So slippery ni Zack Sabre Jr. Putang. Like when he literally Sanada slipped too. under yeah. uh, from that straight jacket. Oh God, that, that, that was such a joy to Got watch. Got you hard. Well, well, yes, figuratively. <laughs> so there, that's my pick. All right, uh, um, cry about the main event for a minute, Camus. No, I'm, I, you know, I would have picked the Liger ceremony on any other occasion, but sure. the main event of Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 is my pick of the week just because, holy shit, they finally pulled the trigger. Right. That, is, that in itself is warranting a moment. The match is a marathon in the way that all Wrestle Kingdom finales should be and have been for the better part of, I don't know, ever. 
Yeah. So uh, it's, it's it, a hard it, watch. It's, it's, it's hard to watch, especially through the first, I would say, 20, 25 minutes. Like, but when it picks up. When it picks up, it picks up. Because there is one sequence that um, our good friend Tengu and I have jizzed over, and that is the Poison Rana from the top. Yeah. That Poison Rana, that really, really crunchy Poison Rana where Okada's neck visibly goes... And and just makes side. you go, what the fuck are these guys on? Because because Kenny did it. Kenny did it to Okada already, and it was already freaking like you'd freak out over that shit. Yeah. But when when the, when Naito pulls it, it's like fucking hell. It's so much crunchier. Like I, I have no words for this main event. Nah, I thought, I thought when I saw Kenny Omega versus Okada one, that was gonna be the best. This surpassed that. Ever so slightly. I, I feel like uh, matches like these are best enjoyed with other people around you. Oh, yeah. You can't... It's like... It's, if you I watch mean, it you, you can enjoy it alone. You know, if that's your thing, good for you. Pero pag may kasama ka and you can just enjoy it together, um, it, it would be so much sweeter. So there. Uh, those are our picks of the week. I wish Ro had a pick from Wrestle Kingdom weekend. I'm sure you would have had... He would have had a good one. But guys, do yourselves a favor. If you, if you want to watch anything else from the weekend... The junior stuff is great. The junior tag stuff is great. The lagger stuff is nice to watch. One last hurrah. So there is so much from Wrestle Kingdom weekend to watch. If you feel like it, if you have the time, it could take you about two, two, three weeks just to digest everything. But those picks that we gave you are the highlights that we feel you absolutely must watch. All right. There you have it. Uh, that pretty much brings our latest episode to a close episode number 311 thank you so much for sticking with us through all this time thank you again to Ryan Songalia for joining us and for sharing his time with us as well and thank you dear listener for continuing to subscribe download leaving us the 5 star rating sharing us on social media all these things they really go a long way towards helping keep the podcast alive and um, you know do us a favor as well and show some love to all the other shows on Podcast Network Asia from the cool pals who were just next door uh, recording before they their episode for yeah, this week before they went out on uh, their open mic um, session with Jokoy of all people they've got Jokoy at their I open know. mic tonight I know so, um, Do you want to drive over? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Uh, so you've got the Cool Pals. Uh, you've also got um, uh, the Halo Halo Show. You've got Hustle Share. The Eavesdrop. Everything in between. Generation Gap. You've got I'm, I'm new shows like 2 Nine Rider. Yeah. You've got OG shows like the Kudazers. You have... Um, what's his name? Um, his fucking name escapes me. The Economic Show with... With Chong D, Chong D, the budgetarian. Budgetarian. Yeah, that, how could you forget Chong D of all people? Yeah. So you have all, all his, you, you have this host, this slate of programs here on Podcast Network Asia that you can check out. And if you love what you see, please don't uh, don't be shy. Hit subscribe, hit download, and leave us a five star rating and leave a comment and uh, use the power of social media to tell everybody about the good work that Podcast Network Asia does. Right. If you have anything you want to say or add to uh, whatever conversation we have had on the podcast, it's easy to hit us up. It is at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter, at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can uh, message us individually as well. For me, it's at underscore Stan C, at Caveman Camus, at Rose War, and at Chino Supersize. So on behalf of all my co-hosts and on behalf of Babyface producer Ryan and Val and the rest of the Podcast Network Asia family, my name is Stan C saying thank you very much. Episode number 311 in the books and we are out of here. Peace, brothers.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.